Hi, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail, and welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, our award-winning weekly podcast. Please visit womenover70.com and consider joining Aging Reimagined Circle, our sustaining membership fund, so we may continue to inspire women to age with curiosity, courage, and creativity. Members enjoy monthly programming and probing discussions, so we hope to see you there. And today we're delighted to be talking with Taru Fisher as an advocate for women aging. <clears throat> Taru describes herself as, quote, an irreverent, wise elder woman with a wacky sense of humor. And her mission is to debunk the myths and memes of aging, to make aging fearless, fulfilling, and fun, and to help women grow into their age. She is a certified NLP health practitioner and health coach specializing in aging as well as an expert in medical cannabis. Taru is a healer certified medical cannabis wellness advisor and a provider of health and wellness coaching and medical cannabis education. She is co-founder with her husband, James Bell, of Alive Fitness Studio, where she created a coaching practice called Seasons of Life Coaching. Taru writes a blog and a newsletter and is working on her autobiography and lives in Mariposa, New Mexico. Welcome, Taru, to Women Over 70. We're delighted to have you with us as an advocate for women aging. <laughs> I'm delighted to be here. I, Yes, I am. Other than being on camera, I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> we're glad to have you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, for for the about, almost 20 years now, you focused your work on women, women's aging and health. And so just give us some background. How did you move into this work? when you were close to 60 years old? Well, my husband and I have owned a fitness studio for nearly 20 years, and we were in California at that time. And we had quite a few women over 50 who were doing strength training in the studio. And I listened to what they were saying about aging, uh, and it wasn't pretty. Uh, they were concerned about staying healthy, becoming irrelevant and invisible, which they did not want, of course, and their financial future. So uh, I had I had started having these same uh, concerns and noticed I was feeling like I was becoming invisible myself. Uh, it's very subtle, but you can feel it. You can tell, especially when they use that stupid elder speak that they use in, in medical offices. I used to work in medicine, so I know I know what that means. And uh, so that was really that was really bothering me. And so I thought. Um, I think I could help older women. I have a lot to offer and we deserve respect for our knowledge and to, not to be treated submissively. Um, I had extensive training in neuro-linguistic programming, it's NLP for short, because that's a mouthful. <laughs> and I thought I, if I was a coach or a health practitioner, then I could use these tools uh, to help women uh, as they age. Um, I was very touched by some of their stories and, and what they said about what's happening. And, and I thought, wow, we shouldn't put up with that. Why are we putting up with this? So that's kind of how I started. I had already been a successful business coach. I was uh, coaching entrepreneurs, both male and female, mm -hmm. um, because I was in a BNI networking group that, at that time for our business. And I was very good at it. I, I understand business and systems and organizing, maybe too much, actually. <laughs> and so um, I left that. I just thought, you know, I don't want to help a bunch of people 
uh, get better businesses. There are many business coaches out there. They're all over the place. You, you can find one on every corner, but you don't find many coaches working with aging. Mm-hmm. So tell us uh, what NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, give our audience a, a sense okay. of what that, what that okay. involves. Well, it stands for uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming, NLP. And it's uh, at its heart, it's a set of tools that let people model excellence in many areas of their life in all forms and be their best more often. It works with your mind and how you think about things, basically. Um, It's both powerful and practical approach to affecting personal change. Um, Using NLP exercises and and tools and ideas allow people to achieve results that they couldn't expect, they never thought possible, uh, because we retrain our mind to uh, think in certain ways. Um, So, I wanted to help women become more resourceful in their own minds and not give up when something appeared to be a problem. What what I always did was, okay, so I can't, I've had rheumatoid arthritis since I was 33, okay? So I've had to be resilient and I've had to figure out ways to do things because it wasn't always easy to open a jar or, I mean, these sound simple, but as we get older, we do have physical limitations that, that happen to us. Mm-hmm. If we're really lucky, we don't have any, and we live to be 120 or something, which is fine. But I was looking for people who didn't know how to be resilient. Maybe we're going to just give up and say, heck with it. I'm just going to lie down and die. I'm going to watch TV all day. I, mean, I don't care. Well, we can't do that. Can you give us an example or two of women that you've worked with using NLP with health situations? I haven't, I haven't done it for five or six years. We moved the studio from California to New Mexico and all my energy went to that move, reestablishing this business. Okay. So, um, how about telling us about the, um, the, you just spent some time with Susie and Tim Helbum, right? Oh, yes. Tell us about that. Oh, wow. Okay. You just made me want to sob. Not sob, <laughs> but tear up because I love them. They are wonderful people. Um, I first met them in California in a seminar, they were an evening seminar to to promote their NLP and coaching institute in California. And the way I knew about NLP is I was in school at UC Santa Cruz, majoring in psychology and uh, sociology of healthcare, because I was very interested in that. And there was a class on NLP as it wasn't even an official thing yet. They were formulating it. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, the TAs in that class was Robert Diltz, who is now a world famous NLP person. And I had loved that class so much. I had a transcendent couple of experiences in it. And then I left college and then I did this and then I did that for like 20 years or so. And I met, ran into Tim and Chris again, uh, not again for the first time. And I said, oh, my gosh, this is that stuff. That's that class. Oh, my goodness, I better look into this more. Uh, I don't know, several thousand hours and money that Stanford paid for me to take the courses later. I was totally hooked with those two beautiful people. 
And what is so beautiful about them to me is they are non-judgmental. They're open. They care deeply about helping other people. And you can feel it in every interaction you have with them. And in fact, Chris and I still correspond. She gets my newsletter. She reads it. Um, I was just blown away by their integrity, frankly, and their skills. Um, yeah. So, so how, how do you use NLP, Taru? What, well, yeah. it's very simple. There, there, are, there are a lot of tools. My favorite one is, is belief change. It's, it's not a long process, and it's simple and easy. Um, you use people's visual, auditory, uh, the senses, to, to find out how they relate to people. And then you work with that channel of communication with them uh, to help them change their ideas and their limiting beliefs. It's, it's, it's easy, but it's complex to talk about. It's not easy to talk about. It's yeah. easier to do it with someone, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's what I can say about it. There's more, a little bit more, because I have some notes here, ladies, because I have to take notes. Um, so it is empowering and helps you do whatever you want to do better. It significantly changed my life. Um, when I started using it, I had very little self-confidence and I had a lot of beliefs about myself. I wasn't worthy. Uh, that was brought on by some pretty uh, icky childhood stuff, which we don't even need to think about. And I remember one time we did a lot of, in class, you would listen to a lecture and then you would practice with partners and you would do different partners. You practice the techniques. So uh, one time I was doing a belief change with someone and I was feeling like, I don't know how to do this. I'm not very good. I, have to, I used to have those voices in my head, right? Mm -hmm. And Tim came over uh, when I was done and he said, what's up? And I said, oh, you know, he says, you know what? you don't know how good you really are, do you? And I said, no. He said, well, believe it. And then he talked to me a little more. I don't remember the rest of it because I was so shocked at him saying that. It, it, kind, of, it kind of reframed my whole thinking about myself in one sentence because I respected him so deeply, mm -hmm. his integrity and his brilliance. And, uh, and I've never forgotten it. So whenever I start feeling like you don't know what you're doing, I go, wait a damn minute. Tim told you you did. You trust him. Just keep going, girl. So that's how it that's how it changed my life. It changed a lot of feelings of lack of self-worth, lack of competency, which were really stupid because I've done a lot in my life. And uh, I wasn't stupid and I wasn't yeah, but I had limiting beliefs. You got to believe that. <laughs> Well, let's switch to something that maybe is a little easier to talk about, and sure. that's medical cannabis. Oh, so, yes, that is easy to talk about. Yeah, how did you get into that? Well, when I lived in California, uh, as I said, I've had RA and a few other things. Um, I used it for sleep at night. I learned in California, it was totally legal in, in those mm -hmm. days. It was like 10, 12 years ago. And I didn't have to use much and it helped me sleep all night, which was very, is very important. Ladies, as you get older, you must mm -hmm. sleep. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing I tell my people to do sleep. And I teach them, you know, tricks, but anyway, um, I don't want to get lost here. Um, 
So that worked really well. And I was continuing to do that. I came to New Mexico. We had medical cannabis laws were in place so I could still, I could still access it because that's one of the issues is getting access. Mm -hmm. So in 2018, we had moved here back here in 2017 and I wanted to see my kids in California. I miss them terribly. And my husband won't fly because of a heart condition. So we took a long trip to California, a road trip. We went forward and back in a car, right? Hours, hours. And when I got back, I had had lower back issues before that trip. Mm-hmm. But when I got back, they were so bad. Uh, I cried a lot. I couldn't sleep at night, even with taking the tiny amount of cannabis that I was taking. I uh, would get up in the morning. I couldn't sit down. It hurt so badly. I had to stand up at the, the island in the middle of the room and eat there. And my poor husband was beside himself because there was there was nothing really we could do. I tried a lot of things. I went to a rheumatologist who tried to scare me into taking drugs. And I don't take drugs if I can help it. I don't. So I left him. Physical therapy, no help. Acupuncture, no help. And it always has helped me before. So I tried a, a plethora of things. And one day, I kind of a light bulb went off and I went, oh, cannabis helps me sleep. It's not helping me now. Would it help me with this pain? So I did some independent research on my own. You know, I do that all the time. I, I can't stop learning. It's kind of an illness <laughs> with me. And, uh, and I figured out, well, let me try it. Let me. So I did all these little things. And it took me six months of trial and error, different things, different methods of administration. And I woke up on my son's birthday, August 27th, with no pain at all. And it has never returned. And I was pretty blown away. I mean, it had taken a while. I had noticed a gradual reduction. And I had figured out, oh, shoot, I keep waking up at 3. What do I do at 3 a.m.? I don't want aspirin in my stomach because it, you know, ulcers. I took it three. Ah, half a banana. Oh, and this. Okay. So then I could sleep some more. So, I, you know, I was always experimenting and always trying. And at the day that I woke up and, and I could sit down and I could eat and I could do everything, uh, I thought, oh, I wonder how long this will last. And it kept lasting and lasting and lasting. It's never returned. Wow. Have you been taking, continuing to take the cannabis then as a way to yes. sustain the... But I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I got to go back to just using it at night. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it got me through, and I even when it was painful during the day. To be honest, it wasn't. It, it was bad, but as I started using the cannabis, it was decreasing during the day. But th- at night was a problem because, like mm-hmm. like I said, sleep is critical. Mm-hmm. So um, now I still use it, but I only use it for sleep. And I know what works for me. I know what method of administration. I know how much I should take. And if I ever feel like I'm creating a tolerance to it and I should increase my dose, I go on a tolerance break. Mm -hmm. So I don't take it. And not for long. It usually, you have a system in your body called the endocannabinoid system, which is fascinating. It creates homeostasis in your body. It keeps everything in balance. Cannabis works on the endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And so I, I, I never wanted to use it to be in any way impaired 
Um, and I don't, uh, how do I say this? I don't mind if people want to use it to have altered states. It's number one, it's not really addictive to most, most people. It's never killed anyone. And so that's, that's their choice. And that's okay with me. I just like to feel really present, really here, really mm -hmm. available. Mm -hmm. And so um, now I'm just using it in the, at night for sleep. 8.30 I start because of the way I do it. It takes an hour to an hour and a half to come on. And then I sleep till maybe 5, 5.30, which is fine for me. And, and so are you finding that women, uh, what's your experience with women coming to you for wanting to use uh, medical cannabis? I've, I've had several women come to me and it's usually pain, insomnia, menopausal symptoms, um, that kind of thing. Um, I've I have a hard time asking for money, especially when people are in pain. <laughs> so I can't say I've made a whole lot of money doing medical cannabis education. Uh, many of the people who have come to me are friends and trust me, right? And I wouldn't, I would never charge them anyway. I wouldn't do that. And a couple of people came to me and I did charge for it, but I gave a 50% discount or this woman had cancer. And I said, look, I can't treat cancer. I can educate you about the use of cannabis. And then I'm going to give you the name of the doctor who trained me. He does consults from Maine and you call him up and you make an appointment and make sure that he tells you exactly, exactly for your specific condition, how to use it. So I'm not a medical practitioner in that way at all. I won't, I will, it will educate, but that's all I'll do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are there stereotypes uh, about medical cannabis that you oh, encounter? Sure. Oh, sure. I have, when I teach a class and I had one, I'm going to be doing another online class soon. Um, one thing I talk about is the myths of cannabis and how, how they started, what they are, and, deep, and each one is debunked. So, uh, yeah, it's very important. There is a, still a stigma. It's a plant, and we eat plants all the time. We eat fruits, vegetables, you know, it's, it's a plant. And um, it can be abused, like anything can be abused. You know, we eat too much sugar, maybe somebody drinks too much alcohol. Mm -hmm. You can abuse anything. I can abuse brownies. Just <laughs> give me a brownie. I'll, I'll abuse it. So uh, it's it's pretty safe. It's very controversial. So it's I'm still learning how to talk about it and make it safe for people to to mm -hmm. talk to me. So I have a, a good friend who's um integrative medicine oh. physician and very you know very uh, involved in in. Um, holistic healing approaches, and yet has some reservations about medical cannabis. Uh, and I'm just, uh, and I'm, what, what do you, I know that you're still figuring out how to, what the messaging is, but what do you, what do you say to people who, who say, well, it's not evidence-based or it's not, well, uh, yes. you know. Okay. I would refer her to healer.com. Mm -hmm. That is Dr. Du yeah, Healer, like you're a heal healer. Healer.com. That is Dr. Dustin Sula. And he does a free webinar each month for about two and a half hours where he goes over the research. Oh. 
cites the research, has the slides, goes over the conclusions, whether they're good, whether they're not. He is fabulous. Mm. I always refer people who are in the science field or who want to his webinars. I, I go to them every month. I continue my education with him. And then you can ask questions of him. And there are a number of medical cannabis doctors who come to his show, his show, his webinar and um, contribute to it as well. They'll ask questions. They'll answer things. One is a pediatrician from California, Dr. Bonnie Bonnie Goldstein, I think, yeah, Bonnie Goldstein, and uh, the other, the leaders in the field of medical cannabis. So I, your friend wouldn't listen to me. I have, I only have an edu. you know what I mean, be, but somebody like Dustin, he at plus, oh, I shouldn't say this, never mind. <laughs> He's quite handsome. <laughs> and he has a ponytail and as a woman of the 60s any guy with a ponytail <laughs> i'm okay one earring maybe oh i didn't notice i'll look next time <laughs> my husband has a ponytail <laughs> is there anything else you would like to talk that you would like to um talk about taru in terms of what you, what um what kind of lessons you've learned about aging what you try to um you know what are the main messages that you want your the women you work with to take away to I've got them. To, yeah, okay I've, I've got them i wrote them down i sat down and i thought about it and i i came up with four which i'm going to read from my paper okay because <sighs> i think they're super important i want to make sure i do them right accept and give your full respect to your own aging process you are your own best judge of what's right for you mm -hmm. yeah right? i agree Develop more resiliency and be creative with solutions when problems appear. And they will. <laughs> they will. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Become vibrantly visible and claim your place as a wise and capable woman. Mm -hmm. And ask for guidance and help from someone who's been there and, and you can trust when and can trust when you need it. Mm -hmm. When you need it. I didn't write that sentence very good. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, I, main so is that how you think about your own aging? Are those the things that you tell yourself yes. to rule? Yes. I mean, this morning, something weird happened. And I remember saying, oh, that's good because now this can happen. So I usually try to turn things into what's positive about it or what I can learn from it or where that, or if I can't, I just go, oh, hell, you know, that's the way it goes because <laughs> perseverating on pain and illness and negativity creates more of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think as women, we have so many gifts we can share. Women are basically communicators and helpers and, you know, and we do develop wisdom as we get older. Thank goodness, man. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> so you are um, 80 years old, is that right? Yes, I'll be 81 in two months. Okay. Right. So um, do you find that, uh, that your age to be an advantage as well as the, the experiences that you've accumulated over time when you're, when you're working with women? Absolutely. Um, an example is uh, I met, I was in a panel of women over 80 at our networking group. 
but an in live thing. And there was a woman there. I don't know how old she is. I think she might be in her forties. It's hard to tell. She's quite lovely. And I had given away a few certificates for free sessions. You know, why not? What the heck? And she called me about it and we started talking and it was like we were sisters. Mm-hmm. It, it was very, very interesting that she was attracted to me at a younger age and I could resonate with her because she and her husband own a small business. Well, it's not very small for them. And we, my husband own a small business. So we had similarities in how do you deal with the husbands in the business? Do you do all the work? Do you not? So part of that free session was she felt overwhelmed by a lot of her administrative tasks and all the things she has to do. And I said, ah, Filipino VA. I have, I had one in California. They're wonderful ladies. I'll give you the link. Oh, thank you. She says, well, I never thought of that. I said, you don't have to do it all yourself. You can't. It's too hard. <laughs> and then there was another thing I gave her another resource for. And I've been giving her resources for three days <laughs> because just because I, I have them and I know, I know they'll help her. Mm-hmm. And I understand totally what, what she's going through. I get it. I've been there. And I want to help her make a safer, better journey. So you're, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you're, you're a coach. Yeah. And you have the NLP tools right. at your at your command. Right. And how do you think about, are you doing therapy? Are you do, how do you think about that difference between coaching and therapy? Therapy is finding problems, digging them up, exposing them to the light, doing all this. I've, I've had therapy before uh, at 23 mm-hmm. for a significant situation. Now, it helped me. But we were all focused on what's wrong. Mm-hmm. With coaching, you focus on what tools you have, what resources you have, how you can move forward. And specifically for me, in the way that's comfortable for the person I'm working with. Not my way. I have, to, I have to get it out of them. What really works for you? How can we make that better? What other tools can you have in order to facilitate what you want? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also I have tips and tricks for, you know, silly little things like opening jars and, you know. <laughs> so you're so, very practical as well. <laughs> I am. Yes, yes. <laughs> So I just took to review, you have a blog, you have a newsletter, you yes. teach a course. I'm going to be, yes, I mean, I'm developing it right now. I actually use chat GPT to get me an outline. Oh, okay. That's and, and what is the course about? It is, um, it is about women and cannabis, uh, can mm-hmm. medical cannabis 101, something, something women for women. I, and we're going to go over all kinds of things in that. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be a workshop, actually, online, probably one and a half to two hours long. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll, we'll make sure that people know how to find you on your mm-hmm. website. and Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's great. Mm-hmm. So what next for you? You, you mentioned that you're writing an autobiography, or you started to anyway. I started it many moons ago. And um, what, I, what I'm actually doing right now is I have discovered discovered Substack. Mm-hmm. You know what Substack is? No. 
place to write and get paid subscribers if you want them. It's huge. Um, what's her name? Trump's, oh God, I don't know, niece. And other people are very interesting people are on it, writing things. So you can read all kinds of things on there and you can write. And if people like you, eventually they, they pay to subscribe, something like $5 a month. It's, it's low, or you can be a donor or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I am setting up my little sub stack as what I was doing yesterday so that I can write. Mm. Some, something has happened to me in the last six months after starting to write my newsletter, I do it twice a month. At first it was kind of, uh, now it's like, ah, I can't wait to write that thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been a shift and I've been told my whole life that I'm a good writer. And of course, uh, uh, didn't believe it, didn't believe it. And then started writing the newsletter and getting people emailing me, women, because mm -hmm. they're cooperating how much they loved it. Oh, another great one. Thank you. I so needed to read that right now. So for me, I think uh, I'll coach, but I'm not going to take on very many people, mm -hmm. men and women, maybe six tops. That's mm -hmm. my maximum. Mm -hmm. um, at my age, I'm clever and smart about how I use my energy. Mm -hmm. Now, some of the younger women, the coaches, they have thousands and they make five million a year. Okay, good. Go for it. No, at my age and with my health conditions, six ladies, six women, that's all I could handle. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I am not out to, to change the world. I'm out to change one person at a time and then let that local change. Yeah. We'll do it. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're going to put more uh, energy into your writing because I've enjoyed reading some of the blogs that are on your website. Oh, great. And, yeah. And I subscribe to your newsletter now. So that's great. Oh, yay. Yay. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate it. Me yeah. too. Me too. You too. Oh, you too. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Good, 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 good. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah. This next one, I'm caught between two, but the one that's really calling to me is called No Labels. And it's all about how we use labels to divide ourselves mm -hmm. and how we trust a label that is not trustworthy, that we don't look yeah. beyond it to see what's behind the label and how it's creating so much unhappiness in this world. Mm -hmm. so that's, I've been working on that. When it came to me in the middle of the night, I had to get up and write part of it and then... <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that one for sure. Okay. Well, Taru, Taru, thank you so much for being with us today. It's just been a delight and we're really excited about the work that you're doing and offering. Thank you. Yes. I so appreciate the opportunity, ladies. Really, I do. I, yeah, I'm very touched by it, actually. We're thank very happy so to have heard from you because you have a lot of wisdom to share. Yes, as do you. <laughs> thank you. And listeners, thank you for your loyalty. Because of you, our numbers are growing all across the country and overseas. And that's a good thing. Still, we need more subscribers and reviews on Apple Pay and YouTube. So support women over 70. Let your voice be heard. Help us change the conversation about women aging. <music>